when I was in high school, I saw a massage therapist and it was just, I, I was blown away at how much it could help with any kind of injury. I started being able to really notice things in my body. So if I finished a workout and I could feel things coming on, like my calf knotted up or just something wasn't right. If I went to her and got a treatment for an hour, I mean, working on a calf for an hour, essentially, it was amazing. The next day I'd be totally fine and I was just enthralled by this. So I had spoken to her a little bit and she was like, well, why don't you consider going to massage school? It's a six month program. Um, and she just had wonderful things to say. And oh, by the way, my, her two great mentors had uh, just opened up a new school. So she suggested I go meet with them and possibly do it. And so September of that year, I uh, enrolled in massage school. Um, and to this day, I still say that was the best schooling experience I've ever had in my life. Um, I think my class is probably about eight people. And there's just something about going to school every day and everyone is working on each other. You know everyone pretty intimately because you that's how you practice. That's how you learn to do massages. Everyone gets on the table and practices on each other. Um, and so there was also, I was actually talking to a friend recently about this, um, how there's this dynamic between learning this, these boundaries and respect with the person that you're working with. Um, for example, you know, we did things like we palpated everything. So we palpated even things like the inguinal ligament and the groin. Um, we palpated the muscles around there. And with that came this respect that you had to learn with the person you're working with. Because you might be really nervous about it, and so is the person you're working with. But, you know, you learn to communicate and make that a really safe place. And there was something about that that intimacy and that safety that I really enjoyed. Um, and working with all those people that came into massage for very similar reasons. Um, so even though I came in with the idea of muscles, I want to learn muscles and all this very sciencey stuff, I really came away with um, this greater sense of balance and what I want to get out of my career and how that can be so much more meaningful. I did end up getting into medical school. <laughs> I thought it would kind of be a continuation, I guess, of what massage school was like. And I was a little bit disappointed to find that it was much more difficult to... Um, to be in those more intimate settings. You know, when we did physical exam skills, for example, we were not supposed to palpate the ischial tuberosity, you know, your, your seat bones. You weren't allowed to palpate any of those pelvic areas. That was considered too intimate. Um, and it was a very stark contrast to what I'd come out of with massage school. Um, and I felt, felt that right from the beginning. That was my very first semester of medical school. Um, the first years of medical school were very difficult. Um, I hit a lot of challenges and... You know, coming into medical school, I thought, ah, I finally got in here. I can relax and just be and do, and this will be great. Um, and actually, it ended up being very difficult. You know, very, everyone who came in is very competitive natures. Uh, everyone wants to get good grades. And when your first two years are all book work and exams, and that's basically all you're doing, it can be very, very stressful in that way. That's I obviously made it here, but at the same time, doing book work and taking exams is not my strongest point. I really like experiencing. I like being in the clinic and being with people, and um, I tend to learn much better that way experientially. Um, 
So being in the books for 12 hours a day was not something that worked well for me, um, especially because I enjoy being around people. And a lot of my friends would really pull away and um, isolate themselves when they're trying to study for exams. And so for me, that was like, that's the last thing I want to do. I want to be around people. And um, so that was, that was a very difficult time. Um, basically, once third year started and I started getting into clinicals, um, things got so much better. I finally was back in touch with what I wanted to do. I didn't realize how much I'd forgotten why I came to medical school. And being there in clinic and having experiences that made me want to cry or feel really strong emotions and have connections with people, that was when I was like, oh, okay, this is what I wanted to do. First two years were worth it. Uh, at the VA hospital, I saw an internal medicine. And I came into a room and I was rounding on one of my patients. Um, and he came in, I believe... Uh, he, he was having trouble. I think he was withdrawing from alcohol at the time, um, was an alcoholic, had trouble with homelessness. Um, and so I kind of went in there and, you know, kind of doing that balance between I really want to care, but I don't have much time and I really need to get the objective things and get back because I only have a few minutes. And I walked in, he started, um, saying things like, um, you're so pretty, you must have a boyfriend, how, aren't you only 16, um, how, how are you here? Are you a nurse? And I just immediately like was on the defense of like trying to ignore it and just keep moving and ask, well, how are you feeling today? Um, kind of feeling like he was coming on to me or making inappropriate comments. And then he said, you are so lucky to be where you are. And he started to kind of like tear up. And at that moment, I grabbed the nearest chair behind me and sat down and was like, I'm going to be late for rounds, but I have to sit with him for a few moments. And just like the story that he started telling me and the things that I realized I'd been taking for granted, you know, thinking about how difficult medical school is and my life sucks and um, realizing, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky to be here. <laughs> I'm lucky that I had the means to get here, that I can stick to my guns and get things done and organize things. And it was just like this, this big rush of, wow, I take, I've been taking all of this for granted because you're really caught up in this world of, you know, 140 medical students all, all crammed into this world that everyone's super competitive um, and always wanting to do better and having physicians pushing you to do better, which is good. But sometimes you forget that you're, you're in this other world and um, really lucky to be there. So that was one of those moments that I, I definitely remembered why I went into medicine and one of those moments where getting back to rounds to be on time and get my grade seemed less important and Experiences like that are really what I live for in this field. I did a lot of things in medical school. Um, did the holistic medicine interest group. I was president of that for two years, and we did things like implement yoga and meditation for the students. Um, did annual retreat where we brought in acupuncturists and um, people who worked with like holistic nutrition. And um, and kind of from there, I actually delved into medical humanities a bit and. Um, then ultimately ended up doing heart. Um, was a student planner for the humanistic elective for activism, reflective transformation, and integrative medicine. Another huge, huge uh, influence in my life was that month um, getting to be myself, living community with twenty-one other medical students, and just getting to be genuine and be myself, and kind of learn what it's like to experience unconditional love from people who aren't even blood related to you. Um, this community that just came together and immediately became a team um, and family at the same time. 
And that was really cool because we also talked a lot about how, about our medical school experiences and realized how similar they are, regardless of where you go to medical school, they are so similar. Um, and people really feeling, um, isolated and kind of lost at, at least at some point in medical school and kind of learning to use balance in their lives and figure out what's most important. What are things that you're able to be late to and, and say no to and what things are most important that you should always be there for and not regret. I did um, the AMSA Medical Humanities Institute and that was probably the first time in medical school that I got together with a group of people that I really meshed with. I really felt like understood me and um, heart would be the second one. Um, but this Medical Humanities Institute, we spent a lot of time writing and um, doing narratives and poetry and talking about illness and um, talking about our patient experiences and mental illness and, you know, lots of things that might be considered controversial that we wouldn't really necessarily talk about in medical school. And that was another moment where, in doing all these things where you're really talking about what's in your heart and soul, you realize once again that we're having very similar experiences and people are feeling strong emotions whether or not they express it. And I think that's kind of the key is that people tend to not express themselves um, you have that line of not getting too close to your patients and being unable to work because you're so influenced by them, but also, you know, not being too objective and being really harsh with them. Coming out of the heart elective a couple months ago, our last few days we really focused on that. Like, we had this month that was so awesome, how can we bring this into, you know, quote-unquote, the real world? Um, how do you keep this in your life on a daily basis and not just say, that was a great time, let's move on? Um, and a lot of things that we came up with was just finding daily ways to really be present, um, to be there in your life and realizing what you're doing and not taking things for granted so much, um, doing some writing exercises. Um, that's kind of one of my goals is to each night at least take a few minutes to think about what happened that day and process things that happened, um, keeping in touch with people. Um, like everyone that went to heart, we've been keeping in touch basically since two months ago on basically on a daily basis. Um, we have a group app that we all text into and it's it's just so great. So to have that daily reminder of what we're what we're doing and what we feel strongly about. Um, so keeping in touch with people that are important is is huge. Um, that's one thing that I'm trying very hard to do. A lot of times happiness is allowing yourself to be in that moment, to feel whatever you're feeling in that moment, um, not be thinking about your checklist in your head and what you need to do next. And I, you know, I realized that my first two years of med school, that's basically what I lived in. What do I need to do next? What do I need to study next? I can't think about anything else. I have to compartmentalize everything, but to the extreme that I can't ever deal with a lot of things because I just have to be studying and can waste no time. Thinking about what inspires you, what surprises you every day, what touches your heart, um, what inspires emotion in you, and making sure that that emotion is always there, that you're not 
chronically suppressing that and refusing to have any of that feeling that makes you enjoy life and enjoy your job because I don't want this to be a job. I want this to be, you know, my lifelong passion because spending 12 to 16 hours a day doing something that should be a passion, not just a job for money. Inside Stories is an oral narratives project that catalogs the stories of medical students during their journeys through medical school. The podcast is hosted on In Training, the online magazine for medical students. Visit us at in-training.org slash inside-stories. Inside Stories is a founding member of Vocalis, the podcast network for medical students. Please listen to our partner podcasts at vocalisnetwork.wix.com slash listen.